Hello and welcome to Canine Conversations with Joe, the podcast for you and your dog. Each episode will be full of hints and tips on training your dog in a fun, easy and friendly way. So don't forget to subscribe and if you have any questions then don't forget to get in touch via my website www.pause-itivity.co.uk Welcome to the latest episode. Um, this is a recording of a live Zoom session I did uh, where we cover what is a reward, marking and the three Ds. A few troubleshooting hints and tips in there along the way. So do enjoy. What today's session is going to be about is just the absolute basics. So knowing what a reward is, um, because it might surprise you. Um, how you can reward your dog um, with your marking behaviours. Um, the three Ds, and that's where we'll start to go through the some of the troubleshooting, Hannah, with some of the behaviours. I won't go too in-depth with all of them because I'll cover them a little bit more. Um, but where I start to talk about in this very first bit about what is a reward, it might start to make sense with you and how you can start fix, fixing some of these troubleshooting issues that you come about with your puppies. So when it comes to a reward... Um, what everybody tends to think about straight away is, oh, right, let me go and reach for the cheese, let me go and reach for the hot dog, and I'm going to throw that all down my puppy's throat. That's great. That's, that's fine. However, you could end up with a fat puppy. And what happens if your puppy doesn't like cheese and hot dog? Which, as odd as it sounds, they might not. So uh, one of my dogs, he does not like um, cheese and fish. So if I reward him with cheese and fish, I've not actually rewarded him. So that's the same as giving me a piece of sweet corn. If you say, hey, Joe, go and do this spreadsheet or something like that and offer me a bit of sweet corn, I'm, I'm not likely going to go and play with a, a spreadsheet again because I got rewarded with a bit of sweet corn. But if you offer me a Jaffa cake after I've played with the, bit of the spreadsheet, chances are I will go and do the spreadsheet again to get that Jaffa cake. So if you are more aware of what your dog and your puppy sees as a reward, you are ultimately you're going to be more successful with whatever it is you're aiming to do. So if you think about make a list of everything you, you know that your dog likes, that could be food. It, and don't just say, oh, yeah, my dog likes food. Well, what sort of food do they like? Hard treats, soft treats, smelly treats, fish treats, cheese treats. There's all sorts of treats. So don't just say, oh, my dog likes food. What sort? Get specific. And then I want you to think about, well, what? In what order do they prefer cheese to chicken? Do they prefer chicken to beef or whatever? So if you can make um, a list of what it is they really, really like, this is what then becomes your hierarchy of rewards. So that's just your food items. You might have 20 things listed before you even realise it. But then you've got toys. Does your dog like a ball? Does your dog like a tuggy? Do they like a squeaky ball? Do they like a big ball that they can just chase around and can't pick up? So do they like tuggy toys? What sort of things does your dog like to play with? Because again, that can be a reward. And you can make a list of what they find most enjoyable with their toys as well. Do they like it when you give them a tickle behind the ear and a scratch on the bum? Probably. So that's a reward. You know, if somebody just sort of said to me, oh, here, Joe, I'm, I'm going to give you a nice massage, I'll be quite happy with that. You know, and I'll, I'll carry on doing whatever it is I was doing in, in the hope of getting another massage. So if you start to think about rewards, you know how you can start using things to your advantage when it comes to training your dogs. But then you can also think about what is your dog getting as a reward? So, for instance, if your puppy is biting you and mouthing you, what's in it for them? If you always, if your number one thing, if you say just what's in it for dog, if you if you start to think what's in it for dog, then you can start breaking it down as to why maybe they're doing a behavior. So for instance, if they're biting, if they're jumping up, um, doing any of these things, what's in it for them? How are they getting rewarded on their level? So of course, I'm not saying that when they bite you or nip you or jump up, you're giving them a piece of food, but do you make a noise? Do you talk to them? Do you say, ah, off, 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 get off. Ow, ow. Have you just turned into their own personal squeaky toy? 
And if you have, are they likely to continue that behavior again? Yes, they are. It's as simple as that. So if your dog is finding something rewarding, and that's rewarding to them. So we might think, oh yeah, they, every dog likes a bit of chicken and cheese, but they also find other things rewarding. So if it's rewarding for your dog, the behavior will either continue or increase. That's the bare bones of absolutely everything. So if you can start to think about, okay, my puppy's doing this or not doing that, well, the reward's off. If they're doing something you don't want them to do, you need to think about stopping the reward and how they're getting it. And if they're not doing something that you would like them to do, i.e. sit, you need to increase your reward so that they're choosing to do a sit more, more often and more regularly um, because that will become them more valuable. So I hope that, that makes sense on that thing. So if you think about what's in it for dog, what's in it for puppy, then you'll start to just be able to unravel things. Well, hang on a minute. Um, puppy's doing this. How are they being rewarded? Are they barking and moaning? Does that mean you go, shh, be quiet? Or hang on a minute, I'll come get you. So what have they learned? They get your attention by barking, moaning, out of context. You know. Obviously, we're not talking about separation anxiety or anything like that. I'm not even going to cover separation anxiety on these because these are that's a whole big thing. And I don't, you know, that we can't go into that. That requires a lot of work. But if you think if a behavior is um, happening, increasing, it's being rewarded somehow, whether that's from you, it could be as simple as you giving them eye contact. It could be as simple as that, just that little bit of eye contact, that's attention from you. So if they're getting that and it, from a behavior, it'll continue. If they, if they like eye contact, of course, if a dog doesn't like eye contact, then it's not a reward, is it? So if a dog's sort of scared by um, eye contact or it makes them uncomfortable, if you were then to look at them, they're not going to be rewarded. They're not going to be inclined to do that behavior again because they think, well, last time I did a sit, mummy looked at me and I, I didn't like that. So if you think about what's in it for dog and know what it is they like and don't like, and start using that to your complete advantage. I hope that makes sense. Give me a little thumbs up if that makes sense. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of minutes to just write. I'll go through some of these questions now quickly. Um, if you've got any questions on that reward process, just type that in now. Um, so Hannah, when it comes to the biting, um, when they're excited, is it, uh, you know, potentially when they get over overtired, they can get a little bit extra excited and bitey. So potentially a timeout might do. And um, the easiest thing to teach your puppy is consequences. So if your puppy bites, leave the room. That's the easiest thing to do. Stand up, leave the room. Um, because then they learn from that consequence that, well, I bit mum and she left. And what's the worst way to punish your dog? You leave. Because they, they want you. They want to be with you. They want to show you how clever they are. And, hey, look at me do this. But... If you teach them, oh, I didn't like that, I'm leaving, bye, talk to the poor, they're going to be, hang on a minute, mum left when I bit her, I might not do that again. Um, so that's that's what I would be inclined to do. There are other things when it comes to it, but I'll cover that in the the, the mouth manners session when I do that one. Um, 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 Erica, so um, I'm, this isn't a one-off. I'm going to carry on doing loads of these because at the moment, in fairness, apart from some assignments, and doing my paperwork and walking my dogs, I haven't got a lot to do. So um, it, yeah, I'm just gonna carry on doing them, which you can join in on. I'm gonna record. Um, so I will put this video on YouTube or some other bits and bobs. I will also um, record it as a podcast as well, in case you want to listen to it. <laughs> if you're ever out, why are you out and about walking the dog with your hour outside? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll sort all that out for you so you can re-listen to this, re-watch this um, and everything like that. I'm hoping because I've never, I normally only do one-to-one -one Zooms, so I'm not that great with showing screens and videos and things like that, but I'm going to try and learn that. Over the next couple of days, I think it's time that I've moved into the Zoom world, so we'll give that a go so I can then start to show you maybe some videos on what I'm actually trying to describe. Um, so plenty more to come, Erica. It's not a one-off. <laughs> your pup loves sweet corn yeah. <laughs> gives me the creeps no nope, not having it no nope, no nope, no nope, no nope. 
you offer me Jaffa, Jaffa Cakes or Gary Barlow, I'll, I'll do anything. Simple as that. Okay, Jaffa Cakes, Gary Barlow, I am there. Uh, now, Gary Barlow with Jaffa Cakes, yes. Okay, just on it, on it. Um, yeah, okay, so if you're giving him, yeah, so when you're giving him attention when he's biting and telling him off, sometimes it works with that, you can give them the high pitch, just to let them know it's too too much. But that little, that just needs to be a warning that if you do that again, I'm leaving. So um, I fold my arms and stand, yep, facing away and he stopped biting. Yep, perfect, Liz, that's another one. So you've got your, when it comes, oh, oh, very quickly. <laughs> but the, when it comes to your mouth manners, you've got kind of a three-prong attack. And as you get used to me, I like to do things in threes because I think that's easy to remember. A bit like traffic lights, green, amber, red, something like that. So um, when it comes to biting, you squeak. That's your warning, get ready. Amber, stand still, become a tree, turn your back. And if they still persist, leave. Um, so I like to have a three three prongs. Any more than that, we all get confused. We're not going to remember it. But if we can remember three things to do with a behavior that maybe we don't want, um, I think that's much more easy for everybody to remember. So three prong attack for the biting. Squeak, stand up and ignore or leave and then leave. Um, uh, four mams, uh, she chews a rug when she wants attention. OK, so one bit of control and management. Um, so if they're chewing a rug for attention, you've got, if you can, remove the rug. So that that's just helps with a bit of control and management. Um, you say, well, OK, the rug's not going to come back until you're a bit more grown up. Um, when she's chewing the rug, leave. Go and do something in the kitchen or, or another room. Just stand up and leave. Say, not talking to you, not talking to you. Um, yes, jumping up exactly the same. Exactly the same. Obviously, it's easier when they're a smaller dog, when you've got a great big German shepherd that's jumping and chewing on the back of your ponytail or getting your hoodie and you're just being yanked to pieces. It's easier to just leave the room because if you've got a dog that's big and pulling on your clothing or something like that, what is that? It's a reward. They're enjoying that. OK, so if they are pulling on your clothes and on your hair and and just being an absolute nightmare, they're enjoying that. So that's when you just need to leave the room even if you have got a, a 10 stone german shepherd attached to your hoodie you need to try and get out of there and, and next time be prepped for throwing treats on the floor so you can get out there something like that it's hard when you've got the bigger dogs um but of course hopefully i think most of you have all got little puppies at the moment so start working on things before they become a big problem and you end up with a 10 stone german shepherd on your back or anything like that um so that's all. Oh, hang on. Um, uh, if you, uh, so Julie says, if you can't leave them because they may hurt themselves, how do you take yourself away? Why would they hurt themselves, Julie? Um, so if if they're sort of uh, getting super upset or anything like that, I'll be working on my crate training. Um, or if you're worried about because they're going to be somewhere and there's a fire on or something like that. Um, it might be time to work on your crate training or your pen crate training so that you know that they're safe and you can just give them a little time out in their pen or their crate. Um, but ultimately, you don't you don't want them in an area where they are going to be unsafe. But more often than not, if you leave them, they're going to be just the other side of that door and you're only going to be outside for maybe 20 seconds and then come back in. So it's just um, you're not going to just leave for 30 minutes and say, right, bye, I'm off to the shops. One, we can't go to the shop, well, we can go to the shops technically, but um, you're just going to go out the room, give them a little time out, come back in. If they start to nip and jump up or do whatever it is, attack your hoodie, when you walk back in, you just leave again straight away for another 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then repeat so that they start to understand that that's the behavior that's causing you to leave. Um, but ultimately, you um, yeah, just a little bit more information on that one, Julie, why you think they may hurt themselves, because that might come down to a little bit more control and management. Again, I removing uh, rugs and things like that. Sorry, Ginger Cat wants to join in. <laughs> yeah, the five kilogram GSD. Yeah, exactly, Liz, exactly. Um, oh, wires. Um, no, so, um, so the wires, yes, you can always just make sure that those wires are tucked away, et cetera, et cetera. I know obviously it's a bit hard at the moment, we've got laptops and things all over the place. Um, no, the punishment, uh, if, you, if you're popping them in the crate, it's not like, right, that's it, you get in there now, you know, which, right, okay, 
very calmly take them to the crate because they're not being punished. We're just giving them a consequence to a behavior. So it's not like we're throwing them in there and leaving them for, for three hours and saying, right, that's it, no food, no water, no toys. If there's always something nice in the crate, like they've got, they've got their bed, they've got some chew toys, things like that. It's not a place of punishment. It's just a place of, right, you're getting a bit overexcited now. Generally, when puppies get to really nippy, bitey, crazy stage, normally six, seven, eight o'clock at night, it's generally because they're getting a bit overtired. It's that witching hour. And really what they need is just a, a little time out to say, right, OK, just go and do some yoga. Just settle down, breathe, and I'll let you out in a couple of minutes when you've just downloaded a little bit. So it's not a place of punishment. It's, it's just a case of, right, if I can't leave because you're going to be unsafe, you're just going to need to, to go here for, for everything like that. <laughs> oh, dear, Julie. Oh, dear. We might have to have another chat about that just to see what can be done. But it sounds like a pen would be really, really useful for you so that um, so that she can't actually get everywhere. It might just be really, really a little bit easier um, so that you know that she is safe, because that is that's the main thing. We don't want to have some horrible accident. Say, oh, hello, vet. Let me just make you richer um, because my puppy's got this, that or the other you know stuck and um so we, we don't want anything like that so the easiest thing to do is put that control and management in place to make sure that we know that if we need to do something they're completely safe so but chances are if you leave the room she may very well just say oh no oh, she's left me no no please and then she'll be at the door um ebay is a great source yeah, eBay, um, you know what the Facebook marketplace is as well at the moment, people are going to be clearing out again with another lockdown. So your Facebook marketplaces are probably going to be rife with stuff at the moment for anything like that. Um, I um, do, 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 you, you sometimes you can I, I lend out some equipment as well if anybody needs anything. But I think most of my equipment's loaned out at the moment. Um, but I tend to loan things out like pens. Um, enrichment toys if dogs have had operations or anything like that so um, people don't have to keep buying these things when it's just going to be a temporary thing so you can always ask me if I've got anything in my um, garage basically um, of what I'm able to loan out but I think everything I've got at the moment is loaned out but I can always check for you Julie if you do want to have a look at a pen um, so right okay then fabulous um, so now we know what our dogs, hopefully that's that's everything on that sort of reward side of things. So ultimately, what's in it for dog? What do they like? And label it on a level of what's called the hierarchy of rewards. So how much they enjoy chicken, cheese and hot dog, which is their favourite of the three. That sounds about right, Natalie. <laughs> that seems about right. You're lucky you get 10 minutes. <laughs> Now, they're normally in something. Right, I've done that. I've chewed that something else now. Yeah, exactly. I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite annoyed that mine don't do it for 10 minutes. You must be mad. No, no, not unless it's something they shouldn't have. In which case, you won't hear a peep out of them for half an hour. In fact, it's the silence that gets you worried. Why is it quiet? And when you think it's quiet, you know that they've got the slipper, the shoe, the loo roll, and it's just in thousand pieces just everywhere. So. Just because I'm a dog trainer, I, I have these problems. I have these problems, okay? And I'm crazy enough to have four of them running around downstairs right now. So you're worried about her. You're, you're one in, in, in kitchen or something with wires, Julie. I've got four of them downstairs doing I don't know what at the moment. So um, anyway, so um, we know what we're going to use as a reward. So it can be anything, food, toys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what we then want to do is once we know what rewards we're going to be using or we've got to hand, if we see a behaviour our dog likes, um, so that could be a sit, it could be the fact that they're just um, sitting down, it could be anything like that. If you see a behaviour that you like, we want to reward that to ensure that that behaviour um, happens again. So um, what we want to do is we want to be able to mark a behaviour and i.e. say to our dog, yeah, right there, just that moment that thing you just did I would like you to do that again now you may have heard of clicker training and all sorts of things like that which is all essentially the same clicker training is really really good but it's not essential for everyday dog ownership okay because it's just another cumbersome thing for you to carry around with you 
Um, if you want to use a clicker, that's absolutely fine, but it's much easier to just use your voice. It's exactly the same thing. Um, so you can just use a marker word. Um, and in some situations, you don't even need to use that. You can just throw a reward. It, you know, there, there, there's different things that you can do. Um, so if I'm trying to um, teach my dog um, some eye contact, if they look at me, I'll just throw them a cookie. I don't say anything, I'll just throw them a cookie. So that they just think, every time I look at mummy, she throws me a cookie. I'll look at mummy more, which helps with when you want to do loose leaf walking, your recall and everything like that. So that's a really, really simple one. Um, if you see your dog look at you, you could just say, good puppy, that's very nice. So that smile, the eye contact and the verbal, that's a reward. Okay, so if you're going to mark a behavior, if you see your puppy do something that you want repeated, um, I might, I, I've got a few marker words depending on my situation, but most people will say either good or yes as a marker word. So what you, um, you may see your puppy do a sit and you'll go, good. And then you're going to give your puppy a, a cookie or you might give them their squeaky toy or you might, in Alan's case, he loves playing with his food bowl. So I just throw a spoon bowl for him because he really likes to play with his spoon bowl. Um, so you can do anything like that. You can use your marker word when um, you're teaching your dog um, a, anything, anything. So if you see them do something you would like them to do again, good. Yes. Some people say, yep, it doesn't matter. But again, you don't always have to say anything. If they happen to get on their bed, and you want them to stay on their bed and you would like to encourage them on their bed, throw a treat on their bed, throw a ball on their bed. Because if I was sitting in a place and Jaffa cakes kept raining on my head, I'd stay there. Simple. I'm not going to get up. I, it just won't happen, you know, unless uh, it, it's just not going to happen. So if I go somewhere and something nice happens, I'm going to be more inclined to go and do that thing again. So if I hear that good, and I know that, hang on, when I hear good, a Jaffa cake comes, I'll, I'll start sitting and waiting. Yeah, where's that Jaffa cake? Brilliant. So to start building value in your chosen marker word, um, I would suggest that everybody in the family uses the same one, but it may not always be possible, et cetera, et cetera, especially with some gentlemen. I see a few of you around. So I want, uh, ideally, try, I can see you there. I can see you. I saw you. I saw you. Um, do keep to the same marker word if possible. It won't be the end of the world if you don't, if somebody says yes, good, yip. But what you need to do is you need to make sure that if you are going to use a separate word or a different word to somebody else, you need to give it value yourself. So you need to put the time into that of giving, teaching your dog your chosen marker word. So for instance, if I'm going to teach my puppy that good means that they were doing something at that very moment, and that means a reward is going to follow. I'm just going to start off really, really simply with some chosen rewards. And again, it could be a mixture of things. It could be love, hugs, cookies, etc. And I'm just going to go good and drop a treat. Good, drop a treat. Because at this moment, I'm not worried about them doing any particular behavior. I'm just doing what's called conditioning that word good to a reward. So, of course, I'm now conditioned to Gary Barlow. If I hear Gary Barlow on the radio, I've got to go find it and do a jig. So it's 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 just conditioning your dog to this chosen marker word. So when you're starting off, just a couple of times a day, you can go, good, drop a treat, good, drop a treat. And that's what you can do just to start um, teaching your marker word. OK, it can be any word you want, any word at all. Um, but that's how you start teaching it so that when you do start to teach your sit, sounds, pause, loosely walking, anything like that, you've got this little word that you can just say, good. And they understand that whatever it was they were doing, a treat is going to follow or a reward's going to follow. So it doesn't have to follow instantly. They know that on hearing that word, something nice is going to follow, whether it follows a second later or five seconds later to give you a chance to reach into your pocket or anything like that, it, it's giving you time to get to that reward. They learn that that marker word means at that moment they were doing something you want repeated and a reward is going to follow. Does that make sense? I waffled on a little bit through that, but does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense. Yeah, good, 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 good. 
and let's have a little quick look through these. So Layla uh, says pup still has pretty good naps every two hours or so. Um, she lets that little gruff when she wakes up. If I let her out immediately, will she associate her call with letting her out? Uh, potentially, potentially. So long as um, if she's doing that little gruff and, and she is going out, then she should uh, start to think, hang on, every time I do that little oof, um, it means that I get to go in the garden um, for toilet time or anything like that. And then, of course, you can start to, that will start to move hopefully towards the back door so that when she wants to ask you to go out to the toilet when she's a bit older, she'll go, oh, and she's going to, you're going to know that um, that means that oh, I, I want to go in the garden. So, yeah, absolutely. It's all about association. So if um, every time they, this is why lots of dogs bark at the doorbell, because when the doorbell goes, people flood to the front door and things either come in or go out. So that, that's why they associate that doorbell with somebody's at the door. Um, so Natalie, with duration, i.e. staying on the bed, um, he will often bark, jump up until he gets another treat. Should we just ignore this until he's quiet? Absolutely, yes, because he's training you. Look how big he's got. And he's doing it. And you're sitting on the floor while Archie's on the sofa. You've got it the right way round. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how, how it goes. Um, but yeah, otherwise he is he is just training you. But you can also always reduce. So thinking about um, your your criteria, you can always reduce your criteria slightly so that if he's settled for five minutes, throw him a treat. Or if we're not quite even at five minutes, if it's two minutes, if you know that he gonna, he's going to bark or fuss at 30 seconds, just do it at 20, 20, 20 seconds, and then throw in a 30 seconds, and then 20, 20, and then two 30 seconds. Gradually build it up. Um, so Liz says, why does the reverse not work? I.e. if a cat swipes at the dog, she repeats playing with it. That's fun. That's fun, cat swiping, you know, unless it actually blooming hurts. Have you ever, you know, if you just go and Google puppies playing and things like that, they blat each other with their paws, they grab each other's neck. You know, some of it, I mean, you muff all terriers when they start, it's like World War Three. Um, so no, unless it's actually gonna, you know, really hurt and have some sort of aversive effect. Um, you know, crikey, if I walked up to Gary Barlow and just got a minor slap on the wrist for getting near him, that's not gonna put me off going back up. I'd need a, a proper thump to, to keep me well away from him you know so no that's that's just that's just fun it's not it's 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 just going to encourage a bit of play lots of my dogs just whack each other around the face that's how some one of mine wakes me up in the morning just whacks me around the face so no that's um best thing to do is try and keep puppy and cat separate maybe so that we don't get cats so frustrated that you do end up with a scratched nose or anything worse than that because we don't want to end up with any injuries um if possible um Layla. oh out of her crate um that's all right Layla um so the the gruffing is to come out of her crate um so yeah what I would do is when she gruffs I would pop her in the garden so that she understands the gruff means I go in the garden but I would be definitely be mindful about her saying roof I want to come out now because then that might escalate from a little oof to a bigger woof and then two woof woofs and it could get a little bit more me 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 my 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 let me out so what i would do is if if you want her to not do a little woof to come out of her crate just ignore it after the first woof and see if she's quiet for maybe 15 seconds or something like that depending on where you are just so that she's maybe done another behavior so you might be able to ask her for a sit i, I don't know how whether she's doing a sit or anything like that yet um, but you could ask her for another behavior so that she's not done the oof say sit and then you can open the crate door rather than opening the crate door because of the oof or you do the oof and straight outside into the garden so that she understands the consequence of the oof is straight out in the garden um hopefully that makes sense so that's all about your how to how to do your marking so you've got your rewards you're going to say good and then that's going to come in that's hopefully all makes sense so we're just going to go through um, the three D's now. Now, I know a few of you have um, heard these from me a few times. I know that Amanda definitely has and Natalie definitely has. Um, but I'm not sure about the others. Joe, you have. Um, <laughs> um, so the three D's. This is how 
Oh, Erica, I'll come. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about that one in a minute. Um, so the three Ds, um, no matter how great or bad you think a behavior is, you can fix it by looking at the three Ds. OK, so that's distance. Distraction. And duration. So again, threes. I like threes. Threes are nice and easy. So if your puppy is sitting and you've got your puppy to sit, how can you make that sit better? You could increase the distance where your puppy is away from you. So if your puppy is a meter away from you and you say sit, will they sit or will they come up to you and do a sit or will they look at you blankly? Okay, so you can try and make a behavior a bit a bit more durable really um, by increasing the distance of a behavior. Can they do it when you are a certain distance away from them? Um, and how long, the duration, how long can your puppy sit for um, or stay on their bed for? Um, can they do the sit for five seconds, 10 seconds? Can they do a, a down for a minute? You can always increase the duration, okay? And then the distraction, can your puppy sit or down or anything like that while you're bouncing a tennis ball on the floor? That's a tough one, that's really mean. But of course, it might be things like that that you want your puppy to sit while there's another dog walking past because you're on a narrow lane and we've got to keep two meters distance. But you don't want the puppy's leads getting tangled because then you're going to have to get in somebody else's face and we don't want that at the moment. So that would be a distraction is can your puppy sit while another dog walks past? So you can always build on these three Ds to get a better behavior. But of course, you can also reduce these days when a behavior is going a bit wobbly and a bit wrong. So, for instance, if you know that your puppy cannot sit with you a meter away, well, can they sit with you standing up? Can they sit with you standing down in front of them? What about if you're just half a step back? What about if they're just half a step back and you're sitting down? So you can just lower the criteria. So rather than say, right, puppy, you're on the other side of the living room, sit it's probably not going to happen. They're probably going to say, oh, mummy spoke to me. I'm going to go and look at her. She'd do all that dopey eye thing. Um, so you need to build things up slowly. And if it's not being successful, break it down a little bit more. And that applies to any of the Ds. So, uh, you know, don't expect your sit puppy to necessarily sit while you're a meter away if they can't do it when you're 30 centimeters away. The same with duration. You can't expect them to sit for a minute if they can't sit for 10 seconds. So you need to build it up from just a one second sit to a five second, et cetera, et cetera. And the distraction as well. You can't expect your puppy to sit while you're bouncing a tennis ball if you've not practiced just holding a tennis ball in front of them first and then rewarded them for staying in that sit. OK, so that's the three Ds, which you can raise and lower. Don't raise them all at once or anything like that. Lower them all at once because you can tweak them uh, depending on, you know, OK, I've raised the, the distraction too much. But actually, if I lower the distraction, I might be able to get more duration. So you can just tweak it a bit like one of the old high fives, you know, where you had all those little things to tweak around and just your dad would yell at you for touching his knobs. That sounded terrible, but you know what I mean, those of you that have ever had one of those old high fives. <laughs> so that's um, that's the way that you can start doing it with your three Ds. So just with these three things that I've been through this evening, OK, so what is a reward, how you're going to mark it and then your three Ds, you can actually look at any behavior that your puppy's got and start to think, right, how are they being rewarded for that? What's in it for them? How can I teach them a better behavior? What would I rather they were doing in that situation instead? And how can I set them up for success or they're not succeeding? How can I lower the criteria to make sure that they are successful? So hopefully that makes sense when it comes to the three days on increasing and getting better behaviours rather than just saying, oh, yeah, they can sit indoors. But of course, they can't do it outside. It's more distracting. Makes sense. You know the drill. Thumbs up. Yeah, good. Right. So let's have a little. Look. So um, with uh, so Natalie says with time increases, at what point do you say you'll mark a word and give a treat? Do you wait 10 seconds and then say good? So again, it's very doggy dependent. I may have just answered that for you, Natalie, in that if your dog can do five seconds, then you could do 
try 10. And then if, if they, they're not quite getting to 10, you could try seven. And what will happen is it, it sounds a bit oh, laborious, but it does actually progress quite quickly. And you know that if it starts to wobble and get a little bit bad, you can just go down a couple of steps. Um, uh, so what, um, oh, um, do you say 10 seconds? Yes, yeah, so then, um, so you wait for whatever length of time it is. And ideally what you want to do is if you're building duration for a behavior, you want to reward in that position. So if you're encouraging um, a down on their bed, just throw the treat on the bed so that they don't need to get up and come and see your hand to get the treat. That's why I like a lot of rewarding on the floor where possible, because, um, you know, when we're encouraging downs and things like that, that's kind of where we, we don't want them jumping up at us, coming to reach this treat that we're presenting to them above. It's a bit different with a sit because we don't want to throw that on the floor because their bum will then get up. So they actually kind of almost be rewarded for a sit down, a sit up type, type of behavior. Um, so I think, I think I've, so with time increases, at what point do you say the mark word and give the treat? Would you wait say 10 seconds and then say good? Yeah, so ultimately it's just adding in that mark word at increasing increments. Does that make sense, Natalie? So 10 seconds and then when they've aced that sort of 90% of the time at 10 seconds, increase it to 15, 20, and then just start building. And if it starts to go wrong, wrong at 20, go back down to 15, for 15, 15, 15, 20, 20, 15, 15, 15, 20, 20, 25, 15, and then build it. Just be a bit, bit geeky about it. It doesn't have to be exact. You know, you can, you can do this kind of um, just while you're watching the news, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an all-consuming uh, nightmare for you. I think, oh my gosh, how am I going to fit this into my day? So some, some little tips, I suppose. If you're going to make yourself a coffee and you're boiling the kettle, train while the kettle's boiling. That's it. So you've got like a handful of treats. That's it. If the TV adverts come on, train during those. Um, and utilise your dog's... Um, food allowance for the day um so that they're always getting cheese chicken etc etc use their kibble as um a reward um you know it doesn't have to always be about the cheese and chicken and of course if you are indoors teaching a behavior in in the living room where there's not much distraction it's a, it's a well-controlled environment don't use your high value rewards there because if you're always using cheese and hot dog in the living room when you take it outside it's not got the same value. So use the boring stuff in the controlled environments and up the ante with your rewards when you go to places that are more exciting. So you've got, if you, if you think about it with the traffic light situation. So for me, we know that sweet corn and fish is, no, that's at the bottom for me. But when we've got Jaffa Cakes and, and Gary Barlow, so that would be Jaffa Cakes orange, obviously, because they're orange. And then Gary Barlow red, because it's my love. You know. We know that um, using that, that little hierarchy, if I was to always use Gary Barlow for a, a, a behavior I was doing indoors, and then you needed me to go and do that behavior somewhere else that was more distracting at Thorpe Park, for instance, I may not be as easily swayed to do it because actually there, there might be more things going on. Does that make sense? So we want to use the really high value rewards, the things that they totally love for areas that it's either more distracting or for tougher behaviours, something like that when we're maybe introducing something new. And then once they get the idea of that, then you can lower the value of the rewards again so that you, when you start to push the Ds up again, you can use the higher rate for the next level. So for instance, with Archie, if he stays on his bed for 20 seconds, you might throw two bits of cheese rather than one boring bit of kibble just to keep it just a little bit more valuable so hang on a minute that was that was nice that was nice I'm going to hang around to see if I get any more cheese and then it might just be a couple of 15 seconds with biscuit 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 hang on I've got cheese that time I'm going to hang around a little bit more um it gets a little bit more in depth and scientifically so I'm not going to go and bore you with anything more of that but if you can vary the rewards as well that really helps. Don't always use your chicken, chicken, chicken. Oh, yeah, I like how they love chicken. There's too much of a, of a good thing isn't great. OK, if I just constantly eat Jaffa cakes, it's not good. All right. So 
just remember to only use those things when you know that you need them most. And you don't want loads of fat puppies and fat joes running around the place. So um, now when it comes to exercising your puppies, so um, there's, there's lots of information out there just to confuse you all really. And a lot of the things that, is that you'll read is rule of thumb, five minutes per month. Now, what this is kind of aiming at, and this is this is kind of my own personal view, is you cannot cannot get your puppy to see everything they need to see to socialize them and experience them to when needed within that short period of time of being allowed outside. But what you can do is, is where you've got while your puppies are still slightly smaller, you can carry them. Um, you can also what I like to do is if I'm going on a walk, say, to the woods. I will just try and plan it so that I know right at one point I can stop and have a rest and sit on a bench so that my puppy can just have a sniff and relax and then I can carry on the walk so that they can see a little bit more. It's very hard if you stick to this five minutes per month because you can actually probably only get to the end of your road and back if you're lucky, especially if you're practicing loose lead walking and things like that because you think, no, I really want to get to them to see a roundabout or something a little bit busier, but it takes me 10 minutes to get there. Um, and then I've got to turn around. So my rule of thumb is that I'm sensible. And of course, they run around a lot at home. But what I, what I do is I take everything in moderation. So if my puppies have had a really busy day because I was like, oh, no, you know, they, they saw some friends. Um, we were halfway around the woods and they were getting a bit tired. So I stopped and, and let them just sit down and sniff and, and rest. Um, the next day, I'll, I'll just keep it nice and easy. So they've got kind of a day to recover. So I will do more scent work in the garden things like that gentle exercises for them the next day just to give them a, a little bit of a balance so it's not all carnage running around the forest or walking around town to pick up all the dirty old tissues and things like that um, I need them to be out exploring things and seeing things but I can't do that if they're only allowed outside for 20 minutes it's just not possible um, especially if you know that you know maybe you want to take your puppy to the cafe or to the pub or anything like that what you want to do is with your puppies is is get them to experience these things um not not completely flood them with it we don't want them seeing so much every day that they can't cope but we want them to see a nice amount of things in a sensible manner so it's quality over quantity um so so long as you're sensible and they're not going on a 5k run and you're not doing canny cross with them and you're not doing loads of agility training and getting them to jump over jumps and climb over things and just be sensible um and if your puppy's looking tired you need to carry them um so you know no running off down the beach or anything like that unless you've got a puppy carrier or a puppy buggy or anything like that which again you can generally pick up secondhand puppy buggies and things like that um for the for the bigger dogs you know the collies and the shepherds and things like that um just be sensible when it, it comes to exercising your puppy um so i think that's all the questions so far does anybody else have any questions about anything that we've covered so the rewards the markers your 3ds or any other little troubleshooting tips that i went through how are we all thinking that's all right yep yeah, you're welcome erica anybody else got anything otherwise i will i'll let you get going what age does this find do you know what amanda it's how long's a bit of string? People could, some people I know still do it when they're 12 months old. And again, I just don't think you can, if, if you've got a 12 month old pup and they're only going out for 12, 5, 60, 60 minutes, at that point, are they getting enough? It depends on the breed of dog. So of course a little chihuahua needs less than um, a Vizsla. So again, you need to think about it, but of course a Vizsla will be more grown sorry a chihuahua would be grown quicker than a vizsla so you have to look at your breed of dog what they were bred to do and are they getting enough exercise and stimulation and enrichment for what they need without going crazy but also without hurting themselves so i've never stuck to that that five minute rule because five minute per month because it's it's just not possible to get everything in for my dogs then i just do it sensibly so if they have a big walk of like 45 minutes they'll have a day or, or even two days off the next day just 
to relax a little bit so I'm not asking too much of them. But sometimes you want to walk to a bigger road. Sometimes you want to go and walk to the level crossing because there's no point just keep driving them. All right, there's a level crossing. Let me just drive you there and sit by the level crossing and let me. That's not really how I envisage my dog's life, really, just driving from A to B to C to look at this, that and the other. I'd rather it was just in a, an encompassed walk. So I just try to plan them a little bit better. So I will tend to do my longer walks in better weather so that I know that if I need to sit down um, so my pup can have a rest, I know I can without getting absolutely soaked. Um, but I'm just sensible with it. I'm just absolutely sensible with it. And if I think that they've done too much, they'll have a quiet day or two afterwards. Um, um, next session. I don't know, Erica. Just kind of when I feel like it. <laughs> just, just, uh, who can say? Who can say? Um, who can say? I just whenever yeah just when i get there really it'll be i figured i might i think evenings are generally better for most people i know most of us are working it from home and everything at the moment but i think evenings are generally better so um i don't what day is it today i don't know um hang on. what day is it today tuesday i don't know so end of the week weekend maybe something like that i don't want to bore you all with me because there's only you know there's only so much joe you can all take so um um so amelia my puppy is nervous on the road but loves the woods is it okay to carry her whilst walking the woods to get her used to the roads yeah absolutely absolutely but what i would do is if she's nervous so think about your d's can you make the distance away from the road a little bit more so can you get to a point where maybe there's a grass verge between your puppy and the road things like that so to make her a little bit more confident can you increase the d can you um the distraction can you uh, roads are, <laughs> quieter at the moment not I don't know if anybody's been out today but no they're not um so can can you find a quieter road to build it up so rather than taking us straight anywhere near like a really busy road can you start on a quieter road and a bit further away so think about those three d's but absolutely yet yeah, you could walk her gently along the road and uh, carry her around the woods that's absolutely fine and then maybe halfway around the woods something like that depending on how heavy she is you might be a let her down have a good sniff and a play in the woods and then get her back home again um um da, da, da. you're welcome you're welcome um you're welcome amanda uh it is really hard without puppy classes um uh, but you know i'm here to help i'm here to help um yes now barking julie <laughs> julie i'm just trying to finish my book right that i started in lockdown 1.0 <laughs> about barking so i have got um if did i Go, I did a live video the other day, and there's some barking in that. But ultimately, if you think what's in it for dog, why is she barking? Um, that will give you a good basis to get started with. But yes, if I can just, I'm not far from finishing. I actually just really need to do the little bits and send it off to be proofread or whatever it is. So I do have a book coming out on that one just because we know that that's just insane at the moment. Um, but yeah, what's in it for dog? You know, why is it cats? Is it birds? Is it what is it? What is it? And how can I manage the situation? So can we have more puppy lockdown socialize in another? Yes, that is on my list. That is on my list for puppy socialization. So um, um, that 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 will be on there. In fact, that one I'm going to prep for a little bit because um, I will. So this one, this first session is a bit more chit chat, a bit more information because when I start saying, okay, we're going to do sits, crate training, car travel, all sorts of things like that, I don't want to have to keep repeating all the time about the three Ds, rewards, and et cetera, et cetera. I want you all to be at, just to have um, an idea of what it is that I'm talking about. So I don't need to recap every session on rewards, marking, et cetera. It, I hope that makes sense. So I'm going to cover a lot of things, but um, when it comes to socialization, um, I, I think with that one, I'm going to start to ask you to maybe go and find a cardboard box, a welly boot, something weird. I'm going to send you off to do some sort of weird treasure hunt in the house. And we're just going to do some really random things as well. So, um, so the socialization one is going to be good fun, I hope. I do hope, I do hope. So um, yeah, I, that's, that's one I'm looking forward to giving a go because um, I don't know if any of you have been to my puppy play groups. They're always a lot of fun, my puppy play groups. So um, 
I want to try and give your puppy some of the experience at home that they would get at my puppy play groups. So, um, so yeah, puppy socialization will be coming up and crate training and car travel. Yes, that is on my list to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's no worries, no worries, Joe. Yeah, and, and, and just be around for the next one, which hopefully it won't be too long. I think probably um, the first one, again, I'll, I'll try and cover three things in each one, just so that you don't all get, because I mean, crikey, we've almost been chit-chatting for an hour. Um, it is lovely to see everybody and their dogs. I'm loving all these puppies, and I can't wait for when we do some more, sort of, I don't know, the end of the week in a few days, when you've had a chance to digest and make your list of rewards and everything like that where I can actually start to see you all um, having a practice with some sits and downs and settles and everything like that. So, oh, look at the little spangles. Look, oh, everybody, we've got, we've got doodles, we've got spangles, we've got spitzes, we've got everything, haven't we? I love it. Come on, let's see all your puppies. Oh, no, look. Oh, Goldie Spaniel. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a, it really is a good thing that um, I can't snuggle them all. Oh, gosh, look. Oh, no. Oh, oh, you've got to love all these puppers. I can't believe Archie's asleep. What do you mean he doesn't stay still for more than 10 seconds? He hasn't moved for the whole session. He's been there. Post six o'clock, we're fine. in <laughs> 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 the last dinner, except for the evening. <laughs> oh, look at them. Oh my gosh, Sarah, well, we have puppies. We have puppies with Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Is it Sarah or Sarah? Sorry, I'm not, never sure with that spelling, but um, oh, look at all the puppies in the puppy pen. Look at all those toys. It's Sarah, not Sarah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right then, got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I hope you all enjoyed that. I will, um, you know, if you have any questions, by all means, drop me a message and then I'll add that into my next chit chat or answer it for you straight away, something like that. But, I'll do everything that I can to help you during this latest lockdown. And I will see you all soon. Take care, everybody, won't you? Get bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Plenty more to come. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to my mailing list via my website, www.pause-activity.co.uk. See you soon.